1: You're listening to Game Makers, a Ubisoft podcast. I'm Charles Adam Foster Simard. In this series, we're taking a closer look at the music and sounds of Ubisoft games, talking with the people who work behind the scenes to make the audio of our games come to life. Anno 1800 is a city-building game developed by Ubisoft Mains, with help from other Ubisoft studios, including a team at Ubisoft Dusseldorf who worked on the audio design. Anno 1800 is set during the 19th century Industrial Revolution, so the player has to build and manage cities with their factories, workers, supply chains, and trade routes. City builders like Anno 1800 present a set of particular challenges for the audio team. As players zoom in and out of the map or jump from one area to another, they might encounter a number of different environments and the sounds that go with them. A deserted beach one second, a farm on a rainy day the next, then a busy town square. And since the camera sees everything from a bird's eye view, the player sometimes has the ability to see and hear a lot of different things all at the same time. You can imagine the headache this can create for the audio team, which has to make sure the sound effects blend together effectively so that the player has the right sense of immersion and can hear some important audio cues without being completely overwhelmed. To learn more about the environment sounds of Anno 1800, I spoke with lead audio designer Tino Schleinitz and audio director Stefan Randelshofer, both of whom are based at Ubisoft Dusseldorf in Germany. Maybe we could just start off by you both uh, introducing yourselves and saying a little bit what your roles are on ANO.
2: So, my name is Stefan Handelhofer, I'm the audio director uh, of ANO 1800. I'm working for uh, Blue Byte for like six and a half years now, and we're working on, uh, with the audio department here at Bluebyte we are working on more than one project. One of those is Anno 1800.
0: Hey, so uh, my name is Tina Schleinitz, and I'm lead audio designer here in the team, and I'm um, responsible for the technology. So my main response in Anno was uh, setting up the WISE project and uh, worked together with the uh, coder setting up the uh, technology of the game.
1: So I'm I'm really excited to talk to you. I had a little bit of a of a preview of kind of what you worked on for Anno, and uh, I'm really excited to talk about it, but you you mentioned Wise, so I have to jump in immediately. Can you explain to me what Wise is?
0: yeah so uh Weiss is called uh, it 's a middleware, which means like it stands in between the game engine and uh the sound creation itself, so mm. uh, as a sound designer um he or she will create some sound assets and uh, we can use a middleware to um, trigger these sounds uh, within the engine and uh, with the middleware, so WISE, uh, we have the possibility to use other parameters from the game, such as uh, height or any parameter from the game to uh, manipulate the sound of the assets we get from the sound designer.
1: So am I right in saying that there, WISE is kind of deciding what sounds will play when, when the player is, is on the game, is playing the game, and also how
0: how it's playing those sounds? Um, rather how than when so the trigger okay. we're getting from the <laughs> so the trigger that's what we get from the engine and mm-hmm. then for example in the first playing shooter and you're about to die and then the sound for example gets muffled um, since you almost dead that's something we would do in wise so we would play back let's say the breathing or atmosphere within the game and then we would muffle it or damp it with the parameter of your health for example.
1: So, what's happening in the game is, is triggering something, and then why is this kind of programmed to, to do
0: certain things on that trigger to the audio? Exactly. So, we get the parameter and the trigger, and then we decide in the middleware what we're going to do with these parameter.
1: What are the, the challenges of a game like Anno 1800 compared to other games in terms of the audio?
2: So, yeah, um, Anno is a city builder, uh, and, and the issue with a city builder is that you want to see a full city. It's like you see and should be able to see like a complete city at once. Normally, when you have a first-person game, uh, you just have like a snippet of your environment. You're Mm. just at a certain point of the whole map. We're looking at the map from right above, and it would be very boring if we just do the realistic touch of that. Uh, What would be, you hear just a little bit of background, you know, like, noise, you would not hear what you hear in the game. So this is also why I think that the job that we had for Anno is creating uh, unrealistic realism. So we set up a realistic soundscape for this game. So it is not true to what happens outside of the game, but it is something that the audio vision and my audio direction leads us to so that there is a representation of that world that is not true because you can also do things like being 300 meters above ground, looking at your entire city. And then zoom in within a few milliseconds to almost ground level. This is something that you, of course, cannot do in the world. So, therefore, you need to come up with a certain soundscape, sound design language, how you communicate some of those moves. And I personally, when I look at other games of that kind that I also was working on uh, years ago, um, we tried to kind of it with something like a camera movement sound or something like that. But I really wanted Anno to be different here. I really wanted to be like snappy.
1: So when you're zooming out, for example, and you have your whole city there. So, of course, depending on the buildings that you have and and how it's organized, it's going to sound differently, I assume. And then also you mentioned there's a certain effect of distance. So depending on how far you are from the city, how far you are vertically, as it were. Yes. But how how does the game decide also which sounds to make you hear because I assume with a city if you have you know dozens or even hundreds of buildings you don't want all of those
0: buildings to be making noise at the same time Um, about um, the distance especially like to the ground in comparison to if you're above the city um, we have different layers so, the basic layer that is kind of the glue in between the different systems is the location system, which means we're playing back a very empty loop that is basically read out from the ground. So, if there's an ocean, we will play back a more oceanish sound. And if there's a city, like it's a little bit rather more active city loop. And this loop is basically just giving you the impression that there's something going on, but it's not very detailed in terms of what you actually see reflecting what's mm. happening on the ground. And then it's like a kind of background. Exactly, it's like a room tone kind of. It's just close to noise. It's just giving you like a rather impression. It is more ocean or, or city, for example. And on top of that, we have a mood system which triggers uh, one-shots that are scattered around the player. And in particular for Anno, we have spots related to each building. That means every building comes with a representative sound for itself. And if you zoom out, these buildings cluster to one sound and if you zoom in they spread to like emitter for each building which means like each building plays back their own sound but if you zoom out like or if you go more like to the distant of the city some buildings group together to one sound representative uh, of these group of buildings which kind of organize it a little bit more that you don't have like as you just add sounds at some point it get just noisy so we rather decide on distinct sounds for a group of buildings and also play back a different sound rather than if you're assumed close in and then just having a few buildings around us very close that we also play a different sound for representing each building
1: Uh, So let's say a factory or a zoo will have a different sound, Mm -hmm. will actually be playing a different uh, audio asset, depending on if you're close by or far away.
0: Yeah, exactly. Let's say a spot sound for a zoo, as you mentioned, like this would represent um yeah, the animals, uh, which scatter a sound, which means like we hear certain animals, but if you zoom out, it will just cluster together. Let's say the factory, we had one factory loop for the machinery if you zoom close in, but if you zoom out, some more factory buildings as they're very small and are clustered together to one representative sound, which means like it could be One factory if you close, but five factory represented by one sound if you zoomed out. So they're clustered together to one sound. Hmm.
2: What is also very important to understand is that uh, not every integration technique that Tina was talking about, like the spot, uh, the cluster, uh, the general location and mood sound that we were mentioning already, those things actually not connected to a certain distance. So, for example, a spot like a church, we have a church bell. And my vision of the thing is if you are completely zoomed out, I want to have this very, very distant uh, church bell going on so that you have there. Oh, there is a church. Mm -hmm. You need to have the representation of that church and you need to hear the bell from far away, you know. So that is a spot sound, actually, what should be actually just be heard when you're close to the ground. But of course, in this case, we want it to be represented when you are zoomed out 300 meters above ground.
1: Now, you talked a little bit, and Tino as well, about the zooming out effect, and you just talked about, you know, hearing the bell from a distance. What about using the mini map? You can travel, you know, instantly from one part of the map to another. So you might be, like, looking at a naval battle and then looking at a city and then looking at a farm and then looking at a part of the island that you haven't built on yet. So how does the audio uh, tools manage to make that happen and make it sound really seamless?
2: This was one of the important parts for me of the audio direction in general, that you have to set this very snappy moment of when you go there with the camera, bam, Mm. you should have the sound instantly. So more like cut in the movie.
1: But if the sound just cuts off, it wouldn't sound very nice.
2: Exactly. And therefore, I'm very, very proud of the whole team because there were a lot of people involved in that. And I'm 100% happy with how that worked out and how we managed to do that. And the cool thing about that, it actually is kind of preparation and looking into how to do things and work with sounds in addition to some technology and the preparation is actually there is like one standard rule that we set up and uh, that is like given by me and i was always like pressing for that it's we don't use loops the point is we do of course because at some points like a fire or big machinery need to have a loop some of those really just a few of those things do have loops and work with loops. But the general idea is that we facilitate one-shots and one-shots and one-shots. This is also the reason why we have this high amount of audio files, because a specific building or specific uh, cluster is represented by a collection of one-shots. And what Tino already mentioned is uh, the way of uh, to scatter them, to randomize them into a certain area around that building, What is uh, we call RFX. And this gives us the possibility to jump to another building. And we know we are there. The event there gets activated instantly and plays back one of the one-shots. So we never get there in the middle of something and cut it off or something. And we never have like weird endings. And the one-shots need to be as short as possible. It's always we're looking into short one-shots. Because if you're over there at uh, the blacksmith and he's still hammering, and you click on the minimap, go over to the machinery, the hammering is just, ping. it's a really short sound. And even if it plays, because we let them play through, we don't cut them at all. Mm. But the cool thing is, they are short, so you move over and it is not really even recognizable because they are just a short amount, a few milliseconds that hanging over to the next scenery, but you don't realize that. So when you look into those details, it's really hard to figure out that we still play them back. We don't mute them. We do anything about it.
1: Ah, so I see. So if you had a loop inevitably it wouldn't know when to cut, so there would be the risk of cutting in the middle of a sound, for example. Is that the problem with loops?
2: Exactly. For the loop, it's something that that a lot of uh, the RTS games that I worked before, we worked and facilitated loops, but there is always the issue that, how do I deal with when I go away from the loop or to another loop? Mm -hmm. And there's always this point of, do we fade? And a lot of people, uh, even I did a lot of ideas about like, yeah, softly crossfade over there, but it's not the snappy feeling. I wanted to have. It is like a very, like, it moves, oh, it's more like a, a soft movement to another area. That works as well. It has its own beauty, and it can work, and it can fit totally to the scenery of a game. But for Anno, and specifically for this Anno, I really wanted to have this really snappy feeling to I'm here and bam I instantly understand where I am because we invested so heavily in the details of those buildings and the details of the environment mm. so therefore I did not want to have this like uh, blended slow moving over the whole thing I wanted to have this snappy feedback as you have it in the visuals as well so you go there and you have a completely different environment because Anu is very versatile also on the graphic side as well and a lot of beautiful nice inner city expensive buildings and then there is those really um, dirty working environment things. And I wanted that to be reflected, to have a really quick, snappy change of uh, environment and how
1: many how many of those one shots do each you know building or or animal for example, or character, how many do they have? Do they have like a few or 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 many since
0: these are different systems for the buildings, it really depends if it is let 's say a residence building it 's a layer of different groups of sounds, so for example, residents could have crying baby, a broom um, falling or uh, someone screaming or uh, stuff that is more related to residents, which is more like a small group of sounds. But if you let's compare this to the zoo, for example, we would have like certain animals and also uh, get information what kind of animals are there. And then we trigger, of course, more sounds uh, accordingly to that. So let's say, for example, for... A pig could have 10 one shots or 15, and then if there are more animals, or if the farm is bigger or the zoo is bigger, of course there's getting more group uh, assigned to the to the building.
1: Now, I'm curious because there's a lot of sounds and audio going on in a game like Anno, as you said. Like So there's all these one-shots. There's the kind of background noise of, of what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. And then on top of it, there's the music. And then you have all of these other sounds, like UI sounds, when you're clicking on menus or if there's a little warning that happens or a pop-up of something, a message. So how do you make sure that all these different uh, sounds like don't uh, compete with one another too much, and that it remains a you know a pleasant experience for the ears but that the the player is still getting the information that they need to get from all the audio.
2: There was a lot of discussions together with the creative director how we addressed it because uh uh anu always been very well known for uh, the music as well. Yeah. I wanted to add an additional uh, nicer and more detailed layer of the sound design. There's something that we can facilitate compared to a first person game that they can't. We have the, again, the possibility or the thing of zooming in and out. So you're close to the city or you're far away. The detail of a city is when you are close. So therefore we need to have some room for the details of the city in uh, as you may know Anu always facilitates three zoom levels very far out mid and very close to the city. You can have a free cam as well. This is also addressed but the standard for Anu was always three zoom levels. Mm-hmm. So if you zoom to the closest zoom level the idea was hey, we need to have some room and to understand what is going on, to go into the details of the buildings, uh, you know, to really feel the city, you know, have the feedbacks that we were talking about. Therefore, reducing the volume and some frequencies of the music when you zoom in. Mm -hmm. And when you zoom out, the music gets a little bit louder. It's it's not a lot. It's subtle, but it works Ah. and gives you still room to have this background noise. But then the details are not that important anymore. So therefore, the music and the feeling is still there. And um, Anno is also something that a lot of players play Anno in the 3rd Zoom level for quite some time and then they dive into the world at some point in time. Um, so we took care that you have like three kind of mixing stages uh, uh, within Anno. And the further out layer is more about mood. It's more about this is the city and and it still addresses the details of your city, but not as detailed as when you zoom in and gives you the music. And the music together with this more distant mood feeling of your city, together with the UI sounds that fit in because we do uh, something that is called frequency juggling. So the whole UI concept is based on the idea of uh, the industrial revolution. So I wanted to have the idea of small gears uh, like in a watch you know like you have small gears working together and it's all about the industry about those details and we took the chance to pitch them also very high so they are very high on the frequency range so they do not uh, interfere Mm. as heavily as a click sound in the middle range uh, would do together with voice where voice is like 1000 to uh, 2000 hertz so, we make them very high so they can be on top or played concurrently with the rest of the environment and uh, with the rest of the sounds and do not battle with the same frequency. That is something that is heavily facilitated in music and in uh, movie mixing as well. And we took the chance here because the sound design of those gears working into each other, clicking and clonking, and that is very well and nicely done in a higher pitched uh, frequency range.
1: Now, there's one element that I know that I saw a little bit earlier before we we talked, which is rivers. I know that rivers play a big part on the islands where you build the cities, and I know it can be a little bit complicated when you have a river uh, that's generated on your island. Can you say a little bit about that and how rivers also affect the sounds and and what you hear when you're playing?
2: So it was actually done later in the development. Tino set up the initial setup, and that was done a little bit later, like uh, Ah, close to the end, because there was a point in time like... Oh man, there are rivers now, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, we and they're like,
1: all and they're all different sizes.
2: <laughs> exactly, yeah. and we were like, "Oh, cool. Um, hmm, <laughs> how do we deal with that?" We did not know that there will be rivers, so it was like, "Okay, how do those rivers work? And uh, are they like uh, produced uh, like uh, procedurally or whatever?" But no, we know where they are. That's cool. Um, so the point about that is actually the behavior of an event. The behavior of an event or sound in the game is always, in theory, a point. It's always a triangulated point. And actually, a river is something that is long. You know, it's hard to put a point on something that is spread over the whole map in a very specific shape. So uh, so actually, um, there are different models to do that. Other Ubisoft engines have uh, really cool solutions for that already. Snowdrop is doing a good job there. But in the Anu engine, it was not taken care of uh, already. So we needed to come up with a system. And uh, we came up with a system that it reads out in the beginning uh, of the map creation where the rivers are and uh, draws a line. And it also reads out how broad the river is at any given point and the speed of the water as well, because that is also uh, taken care by the material. Okay. So the point is, we know the speed, we know how broad the river is. In that in combination, we get those informations into WISE and can then adapt the sound of one specific sound emitter. But this sound emitter is like linked to uh, to the line on top of the river. So when you move your camera, this sound emitter moves with
1: you. Ah, so it's like locked with the with the player's
2: movements. Exactly, but it stays always on top of the river, in the middle of the river, kind of. Ooh. So you move your camera there, and it moves with you. And if you go further away, it gets quieter because there are all of the regular systems of attenuation curves, it gets quieter. It, it, uh, so all of the systems are working there because you could like go through the river and place water sounds everywhere. But then there is an effect that is uh, interference of the frequencies. So you play back two river sounds and they interfere with each other and it can come to sounds like a flanging sound, so the comb filter, so it doesn't sound good. So therefore mm. we just facilitate one sound file. It's one emitter with one sound in there. It also gives us more possibility to mix properly. It sounds better and it just moves with us. The only thing if the river is like uh, splitting up into separate rivers we even create two separate uh, sound events and we take care that in the beginning they do not uh, interfere with each other and when they are away a certain amount of meters from uh, from each other then we start them separately and then there is no calm filter and stuff like that going on there and you could have a small river on the right-hand side and a big river on the left-hand side it would be a different sound, it would work out nicely.
0: There's actually, besides the size of the river, like... It's actually three different types of a small river, uh, medium river, and like a very large river. On top of that, since we also like are measuring the height from where the river is coming, at some point uh, even a waterfall, so it measures out mm-hmm. how steep it is. Who knew that a uh, river is required so much work? <laughs>
2: yeah, it sounds easy, but nope.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, I'm so impressed by kind of all these different systems, how they're, you know, connecting with one another and and playing at the same time and creating something that feels really natural when you play. I think it's really, yeah, that's really impressive.
2: Thank you very much. I'm really, really, really uh, grateful for the great team that is uh, working with me on those products. And especially like Anno, there were a lot of cool people involved that did a great job in uh, creating the soundscape the way it is.
1: Well, uh, Tino and Stefan, thank you so much for talking with me about this fascinating
2: project. For sure, I'm, uh, I was uh, really happy to give some insight into the Anu soundscape because I'm pretty proud of that.
1: That's all for this episode. I'm Charles Adam Foster Simard. This episode was edited by Johan Morvan. For more from Game Makers, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.